Welcome to About the Winelands. In this show, we will be chatting to leaders, influencers, wine producers, restaurants, and other role players. Tune in every Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday for your latest episodes. You will find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram TV, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Hi everyone and welcome back to About the Winelands. Today I'm talking to Willem Duplessis. Willem is the uh, marketing liaison for Rustenberg Wines. Um, hi Willem, um, uh, welcome to About hi. the Winelands. I'm fantastic, thank you. Uh, thank you for having us or for having me. I'm, I'm representing the farm, but um, thank you. It's a, it's a great opportunity and an honor. You guys must be glad that you finally can get some of your wine out the door. We are extremely thankful, um, and thank goodness we um, we were able to export wines, although that almost um, ran into a brick wall in the beginning of the lockdown. Um, you know, firstly they said we can export, and then all of a sudden they they blocked us from exporting wine altogether. Uh, but thanks to guys like Vinpro, um, who fought for us as an industry, um, we were very thankful that we were able to at least export wine and get some form of revenue so talking about the thinking about that is your um, um your export chain um you know it's it's fine for them also to say you can export but i was wondering um you know the logistic chain things like getting labels or bottles or stuff like that was that a problem or were you guys fortunate enough to be you know that didn't create a bottleneck in your situation well it, it did create a bit of uh, problems in the beginning um because they uh, they said we can export wine, but never thought about the whole export chain. Vintro had to go and negotiate with the government again to say, listen, but those companies all form part of the, the whole chain. Um, and and we, were, we were able to, to export um, as usual. Okay, amazing. So, Willem, how did you um, uh, become involved in the wine industry? Well, I've always been involved with marketing and sales and promotions uh, in various industries. Uh, I moved down to, to the Western Cape 2010 after the Soccer World Cup and I started to work for Rolla Motors selling, selling cars and as a result of that over the weekends I, I spent a lot of time on wine farms tasting wine and I've always loved the industry but never got actually involved, don't know why, I was probably not mature enough but <laughs> got involved with uh, wine tastings a bit more and I was actually casual at Rustenburg Wines for a while before they gave me the opportunity to work there on a permanent basis. And um, that's how it got started. And you know, like Murray said, I took like, what's that English saying? Like a duck to water, uh, something like that. But um, it was, it, it, it came very natural to me. Um, and I still love it. I, I love this industry and I love wine in, in particular. So your, your whole um, wine uh, life, if I can call it that way, has been with Rustenberg. Rustenberg. Well, yes, m the majority of it, I would say. Um, there was a period that I worked for Ara Vineyards. Uh, they're close by Klapnitz. And I, did a, I had a stint with Lusan. Uh, when Lusan was still um, operational, it was a combination of Labonier, Eight Cake, Stellenzicht, Alto and Nietlingshof. So I, I jumped from 
from various tasting rooms in those uh, companies. Uh, did a bit of casual work for them as well, but the majority was with Rustenberg or is with Rustenberg. Awesome. So talking about Rustenberg, can you share us a bit of history of Rustenberg? Um, the farm is a, has a very nice um, story around it. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's one of the oldest wine estates in the country. We, we were established in 1682 already. Wow. So, you know, Stellenbosch, the town, was established in 1679. So Simon van der Stel uh, handed out land grants because he wanted Stellenbosch to be this agricultural hub for the Cape to, set, to produce uh, fresh produce and supplies for the passing ships. Um, and the soil and the, uh, and the conditions closer to Cape Town and the harbour wasn't that great, but Stellenbosch had this absolute fertile soil. So um, he handed out land grants and a guy by the name of Rulof Passmann, he was a German from Meurs in, uh, in the Rhine Valley. And he said, well, he knows a bit about winemaking uh, from his family's origin. And Simon van der Stel gave him 50 Morgen uh, in those days. We still have the original title deed where Simon van der Stel signed it in 1682. And uh, we, in 1692 actually, we, we still got the receipt where we sold some brandy wow. to a midwife, a midwife in, in Stellenbosch. So for us to be able to sell brandy, we had to produce grapes to make wine, to make brandy. So, uh, so after that, it, it took off. So that title deed and that um, brandy receipt might be worth more than the wine you produce. Well, probably, yeah, it might. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and, and we, we want to keep it um, a close secret. Maybe one from the Stell family will come and do a, a land grab, <laughs> claiming the land at a later stage. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so that's where it all started. So over the years, um, we've produced wine, we've produced grapes, we, we um, experimented with a lot of fruit, we exported a lot of fruit um, in, in, in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And then in 1941, Peter Barlow bought the estate. And um, currently his son and grandson, Simon Barlow and Murray Barlow are the directors of the company. And they, they run the whole show. Simon is involved with the, uh, with the vineyard side of things, Murray with the seller side and marketing, uh, but they're a formidable team. And uh, we, we all feel like family on the estate. So although it's a, it's a, it's a family run business on their side, you know, the, us as employees really do feel part of the family. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, and the whole family is, is involved. I mean, Murray's wife is our business manager. So she handles all the, all the necessary details on the admin side. Um, and she also is very much involved with the film crews that come and use our property for, for filming. Um, and Murray's, or Simon's wife, Roseanne, she keeps a keen eye on the, on the gardens. So she is, she's running that side of the thing. So it is actually a 100% fully driven family business. Oh, that's amazing. So when a guest um, come to the farm, to the estate, what can they experience there? We do offer wine tastings and we've got beautiful gardens. We don't have a restaurant or a coffee shop or anything, but we, we love that because there's, there's a lot of wine estates 
in the country that do offer that. And, and, and it's fantastic and it's wonderful. And, you know, I, I like to visit wine farms where we can have a, um, something to eat and, and sip on some wine. But we've got this old feel to the farm. And because it's a farm that's established in 1682, it, it does have an absolute rich history um, and heritage. And, and that, that aura of that, of that history uh, is on the farm. So it's very peaceful. The tranquility is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and just to experience that in itself is, I think, a very positive additive to the, to the estate. So uh, we, we offer wine tastings, although we don't do it anymore. Um, well, since lockdown, and, and we don't know for the foreseeable future uh, when we will get back to, to doing wine tastings again, which we, which we regret because we love people. You know, we always say we want guests to arrive on the farm as guests, but we want them to leave as friends. So we want to embrace that, that family feel and that farm feeling on the, on the estate. Well, that's awesome. Um, the gardens, um, you've touched on it quickly, but um, this is one of the features of your estate. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. We've got, we've got two gardens, actually. The farm was split into two many years ago. So there was a Rustenberg portion and another portion called Skoongezicht. So as a result of that, we, we have two wine cellars, the Rustenberg wine cellar and the Skoongezicht wine cellar. And then two manor houses. So we have the Rustenberg manor house and the Schoengezicht manor house. So the Rustenberg manor house is the one that you see on the Rustenberg wines label. And the Schoengezicht manor house is, a, um, is, a, is the other one. Uh, and there we have the garden called Schoengezicht Gardens. But it's, it's a fantastic English style garden that, that Pamela Barlow started many years ago when she arrived there with Peter Barlow. Um, and um, it just continued. Um, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous how they maintain the gardens. Uh, it's, it's available and it's open to the public for visits any day. Uh, so you can come in and we've got a labyrinth. So you can come and walk the labyrinth or you can just bring a book, sit under the oak trees, the big oak trees and, and read a book um, or just sit and think about life in, in general. And then the, the Rustenberg, uh, manor house garden is a private garden um, it's the Barlow family lives there so it's 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 a private affair but every year the last weekend in October they open up the garden so we call it the open gardens the Rustenberg open gardens where we open those gardens for the public and Roseanne makes some lovely scones and muffins and tea and coffee that you can enjoy um, on the lawn and just experience, you know, what a, what a, uh, a farm feels like uh, with some rich history behind it. Nice. And um, you also mentioned that there's some filming um, taking place sometimes at the estate. So, yes. So, so this, you know, the, I think Cape Town has become a, a very popular destination for Europeans and uh, majority of the Northern Hemisphere film producing companies mm -hmm. um, because we've got fantastic weather. Uh, I know Cape Town Studios are doing so well with productions uh, with foreigners, but you know, we get a lot of people that come and visit, especially in wintertime, and they need to do, um, for instance, a, a summer catalog on some clothing. They can't do that in England because the weather is 
uh, terrible. So they they do come to South Africa, and we've become one of a one of more popular sites uh, to do filming because we've got 800 hectares of land um, and very diverse. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 infrastructure in terms of you know the appellations of the vineyards. Uh, we've got the gardens. We've got uh, farmland where we still have a lot of cattle roaming around. So there's so many options for film crews to use once they visit the estate. And we've got, I think, eight or nine dam dams on the farm. We've got fish eagles. Uh, the buzzards are flying freely um, in the mountainside. So it it does give you a lot of variety in terms of film shoots or even just still shoots. Oh, that's that's amazing. So you're talking about the you know the um, the, the mm -hmm. wildlife there. Um, I've seen that you have leopard sightings on the estate. That must be quite exciting. That that's really exciting. Uh, we we love to see the um, the photographs taken. Uh, Simon have put up uh, cameras um, in the mountainside to capture all of that, um, just to make sure that you know everything is still fine and well. Um, I think about two months ago, three months ago, we we caught them on camera with cubs, which was absolutely phenomenal to see. So they uh, they're doing well in the mountains, and um, you know it's a, it's a scary thought to think that you you're harvesting wine or harvesting grapes. On the footage of the Simonsberg, and there might be a leopard um, staring, staring at you and making sure you're doing is, the harvest properly. Is this in your mind when you're walking around on the farm, Eva? Well, n no. Um, those are those are on the upper end of the foothills of the of the mountain. So we really we, we only see them on the on the cameras. Yeah, and they avoid people, right? Absolutely. No, they're very skittish and. Mm. Um, you know, there's a saying in, in the wild that leopard will see you f before you see him. Uh, but we, one of, one, of our, um, one of our guys on the farm, Nick Van Sale, in 2016, we, when we had the fires in the mountain, okay. he was riding around with a quad bike on the farm to, to pinpoint um, strategic places where the fire started. And he was radioing that, mes that message back to, to base camp. Um, and he came around a corner uh, and he almost ran over a leopard once with the wow. 2016 fires because they, they had a big fright with the fires and they came down very low towards the, uh, towards the vineyard. But uh, he, he says he, he doesn't know who, who got the biggest fright, uh, him or the, or the leopard, but um, it, was a, it was a very, very interesting sighting. It must have been a good experience, yes. So back to, you know, the important stuff on the farm is obviously the wines. So um, can you tell us about the wine um, you're producing and also the winemaking philosophy of Rustenburg? Well, we're producing a wide range of wines. And in, in the past, we, we used to be more well known for red wine production, but that has changed in the last 25, 30 years, um, where we've kind of tried to, to satisfy the market on both ends. So currently we've got a 55% red wine production and 45 white wine. So we've got a fantastic portfolio of wines. We've got 17 wines in our portfolio. And there's a very nice variety between Sauvignon Blanc, Chenin Blanc, Rosés, um, Merlot, Cab, Shiraz. 
Bordeaux blends, site-specific wines, Chardonnays that we specialize in. So we've got a lovely diverse portfolio, but our, with all those wines in the portfolio, our whole focus and our philosophy about wine is we want to produce quality wines true to the style of the estate and the brand. Um, and we will rather sacrifice quantity for quality. So quality is, is of utmost importance. Uh, in some years, we produce a little bit more of a particular wine and other years less, but we don't, we don't care about that that much um, as long as we can get the highest quality wines available for, for the public to consume. I quickly want to share something exciting. I have heard via the grapevine that the Fishwives Club will be launching a new lifestyle club soon. If you have not heard of the Fishwives Club yet, just know that you are probably missing out on the sexiest wine label out there. To stay in the loop, please quickly go and follow them on Instagram. The Instagram handle is at the Fishwives Club Lifestyle. Let me repeat that. At the Fishwives Club Lifestyle. Now, on with the show. Where are your wines sold? Well, in South Africa, we make use of our website. Um, obviously, the tasting, tasting room sells some of the wine as well, but we, we are affiliated with Vinimark. So Vinimark distributes all our wines throughout South Africa uh, to various liquor stores and restaurants. Um, and then we export about 80% of our total production. Wow. So... 80% of all our wines goes to Europe and the UK. Um, and when I say Europe, in particular, Germany, uh, Switzerland, Sweden, and Holland is our biggest markets over there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the whole of UK and the USA and Canada. So we, we export quite a bit. And um, you know, that's one of the things with this lockdown that we were very thankful for was the the fact that we were able to export wine and create revenue. Otherwise, we would have been in, in, in dire straits. Mm -hmm. um, but then on that side, um, you know, one of our big clients is, is Waitrose in, in the oh, UK yes. and, and Majestic Wines. And um, <clears throat> in, in Switzerland and Germany, we make use of Movenpick. So, we, and, and these are all long-standing relationships that we've had with 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 these companies uh, for years. Um, for guys like Movenpick, like do you um, send out your own brands or do you actually brand for them or how does that work? No, they, they sell our, our brand. So um, okay. we, we, bottle, we bottle and label everything on our side and okay. then export the finished product. So we don't have any, anything in particular that we bottle for them. Well, that's interesting. They're quite a, they're quite a, um, um, a growing brand there in um, that whole um, Swiss, German, and Germany parts of the world. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and they, they themselves are very diverse, you know, from, from selling wine. Uh, and hotels and ice cream. Ice, and ice, ice cream, right? I love them. I love, I love them. I love the ice cream. Actual facts, what's quite yeah. interesting, um, though, uh, they, um, a part of their business was purchased by a Saudi group a few years ago. So um, yes. So that's that's quite interesting that um, a wine distribution are taking place from a country where they are not actually supposed to drink wine, right? Or the, or the, <laughs> yeah. the ships from there. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
So interesting. So so 80% of your wine goes to the export market. Do you think that's going to change a bit now with, um, what do you think of the importance of the local market going to be with this whole um, uh, thing that we have now with the lockdowns and Corona and everything happening? Look, well, I, I think that's a major issue in South Africa. And, and it's sad to see that, um, that the, the powers that be are short-sighted. Um, you know, we are the only country in the world that has such strict uh, lockdown um, regulations in terms of selling liquor. Uh, you know, selling liquor in, in the other parts of the world uh, went, went about as, as normal during their lockdown phases. Um, so I, th I think for, for restaurants only to open at level one is going to have a major effect on, on, on the South African on-site consumption business. Uh, Cape Town in particular, and let's, let's say the whole Western Cape, is an extremely popular holiday destination. Hotels, restaurants are... Are, are the key here and, and if they can't sell the product you know we're going to have a lot of trouble and a lot of issues um, in the long run I mean opening up with the phases that they are suggesting now with limited days and limited hours in the day to to sell liquor is, is terrible I read an article this morning where they said that you know 80 percent of all liquors that that um, that get sold in South Africa is sold at taverns and shabins so if those guys are not allowed to to sell liquor, we're going to have a, a huge problem. I mean, we we think it might help us to open it at level three to sell liquor, but um, it, it's going to create a, a huge bottleneck. But I was but wondering get, about about level three. Now that you mentioned it, you know, um, uh, obviously they're, they're going to. I see that they 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 said they're going to allow bottle stores to open certain times. And um, I haven't seen any clear indication if there's any going to be any special rules about online sales. Have you heard anything about that? I, I haven't seen anything from Winpro or anything. Um, Not at all. Um, we we are a bit in the dark about that as well, um, because there's no way that they can regulate online sales or or, or, or limit it. I mean, it's maybe it's they could they could limit delivery. Maybe they could limit delivery times. I think that is. They, they they can maybe do that, but you know that that just doesn't make sense. I mean, mm. to to order wine online and get it delivered by a courier company is is probably the safest and healthiest way to get the product because it's, it it changes hands just once or twice, maybe three times. Where if you if you if you go out into the public, go to a bottle store or go to a liquor store. And purchase wines. You you're in contact with way more people than just buying the the, the product online. So I I think I think we're gonna we, we're gonna change our models a bit. Um, you know, we're already at 80% export. Um, that might grow a bit. Um, I mm -hmm. think we might uh, send a bit more wine to the um, to the rest of the world um, in the near future. Um, we're concerned about the local stuff as well. You know. We don't just want to export our wines. We want a lot of people to enjoy the wines. Um, mm. And although there's a lot of wine producers in the country that can that can fulfill that requirement, um, it's 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 sad to see. And um, it's you know I I think I think companies currently or wine estates currently with with wine clubs 
or with an already base of clients um, are going to experience this phase a lot easier than those who don't because it's easier to you know to to pick up the phone and 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 phone mr murray and said listen um, we still got your your previous sale or your your previous uh, um uh, a list of wines that you that you bought from us would you like us to just send you the same batch again whereas if you if you're sending your wine through a distribution company to liquor stores you have to open and wait and see whether somebody buys it yeah i can believe that's a problem so are you thinking about making any changes in that regard and and um uh you know well we we are going to um, as I said earlier, we, we're going to have the tasting room closed. So the tasting room will be open for wine sales, but we won't do tastings, um, which I think is another great way for people to purchase wines. You know, rather, come to, rather go to the wine estates, go to the tasting room, buy your wine there, um, as opposed to standing in a, in a long queue in front of a liquor store um, to gain access and buy, buy limited quantities there. So we will definitely have to adapt. Uh, we have been looking at starting a wine club um, in the past, mm -hmm. and, and we might just um, grab that file again and see whether we can get something going um, as, a, as a platform for our clients to purchase the wines online as well via our, a wine club. Um, but, um, but, but no, no definite uh, immediate changes that, that's going to be implemented now and um, in terms of your uh, marketing have you made any adjustment adjustments to that while the, everyone was in lockdown even europe and, and stuff like that um did you market more market less what was your thinking and what is your thinking going forward our, our main focus during during the start of lockdown was just to give our keep our heads above the water um so we didn't get involved with too much online marketing and direct client marketing um, we try to focus on, on what we have. Um, it's easier to service a client that you already have than it is to look for, for more clients um, with limited access to resources. So, so we kept um, to our guns and we decided to, to focus on the exports and the exports alone um, in this lockdown period. Um, but that's that's where it ended we we, did, we didn't focus on any other marketing strategies uh, i think in future wine estates will have to look at that anyway i think what lockdown did is showed us that um the way we were thinking and selling products not not just liquor products but products in general um has has made a big shift um in this lockdown period for sure. I mean, everybody have to rethink what they're doing. So, um, yeah. your your wine journey has been quite interesting, and and for certainly this year has been interesting. So, what is the most important thing that you've learned from your journey? Oh, there's so many things, but uh, I think to to sum it up quickly is it's an ever changing industry, um, and I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not nasty or, or dissing beer or um, other liquor products, but it's it's much the same. Now I know we have a lot of craft breweries, and there's various different ways to make beer. But 
the ingredients more or less stays the same, but with wine, it's, it's so diverse and it's so different. I mean, there's over a thousand grape varieties that you can use to make wine with. Um, and I, I think even wine wizards and, and, and wine connoisseurs don't even, well, won't be able to name 25. So it's so diverse and open and, and changing. You know, every vintage is different. Uh, techniques differ on, on how you produce wine. I mean, you can take wine from one particular block, one hectare block. You can take the grape from, from that block and make a various of different styles of wine just by adapting cellar techniques, adopting cellar techniques or harvesting it earlier or later. So it's, it's an ever-changing industry and, and you learn every single day um, about this product. Well, I agree with you. I mean, um, I've always, you know, um, I even visited whiskey distilleries in Scotland and stuff like that. And it's great when you visit, but like you, like you rightly say, you know, um, the, the, the ingredients are the same. And the moment you, um, I have a choice and that's why I've never really got into any other, um, um, you know, drinking a lot of other stuff is, is when I have a choice, my first choice would always be wine because there's, there's only so much alcohol you can drink. So, mm. you know, it always goes back to wine because it's so diverse and there's so many wines yes. to taste and drink. So I totally yes, agree absolutely. with you. So on that note, I need to push you for your, um, you need to give us your very own wine quote or your favorite wine quote. That, um, <laughs> that's, that's difficult. I mean, there's, there's so many legendary wine quotes. Um, but one I always revert to is, you know, let's wine and dine without being a swine. Um, I think that's, that kind of covers what I feel that my philosophy is, is regarding wine is, you know, drink it, drink it responsibly and enjoy it. Um, it's, it's such a lovely product to, to enjoy with others. Um, even, if, even if it's a taste or a, or a particular cultivar that you don't like, you know, you can, you can still dry it. And, and, and food and wine is is basically the, the core of our existence. Um, not necessarily wine always. I mean, people prefer other drinks too. But wining and dining is, is our key. And you, you can enjoy it still, but don't get to the part where you, where you pig out or, or <laughs> completely lose it. <laughs> completely lose it or eat too much or drink too much. So uh, I, I always try to keep that in mind when I, when I, enjoy life and enjoy wine and enjoy food. Oh, awesome. So, Willem, um, if people want to get hold of you guys and maybe we want to uh, place an order or get some wine or, or whatever, for some reason, other than you. They're more than welcome to, to visit our website, um, www.rustenberg, B-E-R-G, not B-U-R-G, but rustenberg.co.za. Um, we have an online portal, um, online shopping facility um what is nice about the website orders is that you can purchase wines on our website um, that's not available in south africa in the liquor stores oh that's awesome so so you you have the um the uh, the, the facility to purchase more than usual um, apart from the wines that's available in the regular liquor stores and retailers um you can purchase other wines as well just, just as a, as a teaser, there's a there's a Petit Verdot rosé that we made um, years ago that we that we're only exporting, 
and um, it's a it's a very very unique rosé uh, because we've used Petit Verdot. We are the we're only one of two estates in the world that's using Petit Verdot to make 100% pure rosé. So so that's exciting. So it's um it's a fantastic way wow. to to purchase our products. So um, do you have any specials or anything running at the moment? Well, you know, mostly most of most places are. are running with specials at this time we, we don't have any particular specials currently um i, I think as, as soon as we get word from from government about the limited space and time that we have to to sell products and and whether there's any limitations um, i'm sure we will we will definitely have a look at that but currently we don't have anything um in writing okay awesome so what we'll do is also we'll put the links to all of this down in the description. But Willem, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for spending the time and yeah. telling us, you know, about the, you know, your state, your wines, the leopards, and um, yeah, taking the time. You know, I know you guys are busy, so thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, no, thank you so much. It's it's been an honor, and and um, we we love guys like you that that promote wine and and are are keen on on wine and the whole industry in itself and. Um, Maybe we can, we, in, with the next lockdown, we can get to a phase where, where wine is labeled as a, a necessity. Um, oh, in my life, um, it's an essential uh, service. For sure. <laughs> it's an habit as an essential service, yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for supporting our show. If you would like to get more exposure for your business, please have a look at our sponsorship options. Thanks again for supporting About the Winelands. Please follow us on YouTube and on our social media channels. All details and links are in the description.